Hey, this is Jason Rouse. Yeah, I like long walks on the beach. My favorite color is uh, tangerine. I'm a Capricorn. Damn, okay. The Hold the Phone Podcast with Tessa. Are you really a Capricorn? Yeah, December 31st. My birthday's January 1st. Wow, I'm that a, is yeah. very close. Yeah. Ah, now I know why you're so cocky. <laughs> <There's>, really? <laughs> yeah, you're cocky. We were, t- we were having a conversation. Yeah. No one, yeah. no one just shuffles up to my house. <laughs> There's dead cats all over the fence. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're like born. Well, our birthdays are very close. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but I have a sneaking suspicion you're not going to tell me the year you were born. I mean... I don't know. Oh, I don't know if I'm able to just. Yeah, let's do that. your little intro to the show. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> you look good. You're doing I'm good. I'm taking care of myself. Good. Um. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you you're on tour. So this is your in the flesh out for blood. In the flesh out for blood. So what's this tour about? Is it is it a new tour or? This is just because it it it, it kind of fell into place. Like it's so weird. Um. I don't know how to explain it. The The first page of my new stand-up special that I wrote probably six years ago, I know that the, it's time-coded. I should probably look at it because it's just so strange. I'm going to take a screenshot and post it. I'll even send uh-huh. it to you. It's completely describing in a paragraph the situation that we're in presently. Okay. But not viral-related, but it has the same psychology of, of like stay inside, you know, this COVID um, thing that's in the air, you know, right. people are very anxious, very nervous, curfews. It's very kind of post-apocalyptic, you know. Yeah, kind of. Uh, thing. And that's what I'd originally written. This special was supposed to be taking place in the future in a world that had outlawed gatherings and, and this kind of thing. So <clears throat> it, um, am I rambling? I forget what we're talking about. <laughs> Your tour. So the tour was, um, you know, People being in front of each other, face to face, gatherings, you know, in social situations, everything from restaurants to rock concerts mm-hmm. and spit, you know, human uh, um, things now are become this, this cooties in, in this high school thing, you know, well, fuck you then, why you're mad, you know, I've seen a lady thrown off a bus today. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, rightfully so. <laughs> oh my God, that was wild. Was, that was great. She's, you know, well, look at, she spit and that is a uh, assault. Yeah. That's disgusting. What was she thinking? That's a blatantly disregard for everybody on there. And that's pretty punk rock. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, you're going to be subjected to, you know, prison yard um, consequences. You know, people will get very uh, medieval. Mm-hmm. To say to throw a woman from a moving vehicle. Oh, she wasn't moving, but it sounds yeah. funnier if it was moving and he just thrown her out the yeah. child exit. So, like your tour that you're doing is um, like how long is it? <laughs> tour was supposed yeah. to be Switzerland, Sweden, okay. Finland, Norway, Denmark, Canada, uh, Poland, and Germany uh-huh. this year, and now has been from theaters to music festivals to. Uh, dive bars to comedy clubs in uh, all over uh, Europe and North America, mainly Canada and Scandinavia for the most part. 
Okay. But uh, all that, because I do everything myself. So all these bookings and, and things I spent three months like meticulously structuring this whole tour and doing everything, make sure the promotional thing, oh, hotels, blah, 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 who's going where and what, because I produced some shows myself along the way mm-hmm. in markets that I don't really, uh, that I have to, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, like when I do my show in Poland, I'll have to do a lot of my own legwork because mm-hmm. they're not in the English speaking comedy in Warsaw, but they will be with a little uh, elbow grease. You know, I sold a thousand tickets in Iceland, my first performance. Yeah. So anyway, I took, you know, I looked at my calendar was erased over the course of a month. I was pretty pissed, but it was out of my hands. And then I had a little self-reflection and go, my friend Russell Peters probably just lost about 25 to $30 million mm-hmm. in a month. I lost nowhere near that, you know, in, in revenue. So and neither of that kind of overhead. So I uh, looked at the top of the pyramid to where I was on the food chain of live stand-up comedy and said, well, look at, I'll just go back to basics and approach it how I did it 25 years ago with uh, doing underground nightclubs, see what those were going to illegal outlaw stuff. So for the last five months with a little bit of coaxing, Ben Bankus has been doing these shows in uh, Toronto and, uh, Christy Pitts, then it was Brickford Park, and then uh, Queens Park. And collectively, you know, I'd say over the course of those five months with a f- every Friday show in a public park where people could send in donations, there was anywhere from 300 to 1,000 people were showing up for these shows. Right, yeah. So I just went back to the open mic aspect of it and just started massaging the comedy muscle to see where this is going to end up. And then when things had a legal 50 capacity, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was on the, on the phone with promoters, you know, literally weekly going, listen, when those doors, when you can turn the key, I'm there. So I already had a tour in place as soon as the political aspect got in line. So I went from eight, I probably, I don't know, over a hundred shows yeah. down to, 30 you right. know as yeah. far as in, inside yeah you know. yeah because that and just significantly, started a few months ago right i think where you were here at yuck x in toronto right? yeah 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 i was there i think the second weekend it was open okay they had a, a preliminary but then there was some start and stops you know mm-hmm. comedy corner comedy club had opened their club up for 24 hours oh my god lost. they had a club open for 24 hours because oh, that was fun yeah uh, we're closed you know you know so there's no reason there's enough people that are losing their fucking family businesses right now that they have bars mm-hmm. and restrooms yeah. and kitchens that with a stage and they can put people in it. So I've told all these young comedians that have nothing like I go, this is the best thing that's ever going to happen in your life. Like you mm-hmm. can subside and quit or get up to the front of the line and pick up a shovel because we're all got shit and you can either go, ah, you know, complain on the internet about what the comedy climate is, which has no relevance to being fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, things are happening. Yeah, you got to just make the best out of it, right? Be the best of it. Yeah. You don't so- make it. You just be, you just show up and start yelling at people. There you go. You're Capricorn. You knew about leadership. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I do. Yeah. yeah. I get it. 
yeah. I get it. Makes and sense. some of these guys, personalities, you know, things like that. Some people just need like a, an aggressive encouragement. And yeah. I've never, I've had thank yous from guy comics. I remember Dave Merhez. <laughs> He's a Muslim comic from, uh, I think he, Windsor, Toronto, went to the University of Windsor. Anyway, he's mm. on a very popular show about, uh, I think he takes place in New York. He's the best friend of this other Muslim guy in New York. Anyway, okay. he's doing great. But he come to my shows in, in, when he was in school and stand in the fucking back. And I go, what are you fucking in the school hanging out at the comedy club? You're the funniest person in the room and you're scratching your ass, humming and hawing. Yeah. So I, I beat him up. <laughs> <laughs> all right and and then yeah I, anyway he sent me a couple paragraphs and then i blocked them he said a very nice thank you and i blocked them <laughs> um okay if somebody's never seen you your stand-up like if somebody who hasn't seen it before and from your words like how would you describe your style it's not a style this is a cry for help <laughs> how so <laughs> <laughs> it's not style and people think i'm oogling over like constructing this i know people it make i think it frames it easier for people to think that there was some sort of uh almost like a secondary person that was involved in the structure of this thing it, you, the evolutionary jim carrey was the complete catalyst for my whole venture into this and his no fear approach uh you know you can't hurt me more than i can hurt myself like my, my ego i can i can really like that's some Epic failures, you right. know. Okay, uh, I get but, it. But I, I smile thinking about them, you know. And yeah. um, that took me a, a long time to get to that fearlessness. Anyway, Jim was very much the architect for that. I met his daughter one day at night um, at Russell Peters' house, uh -huh. and I totally gushed. Like I said, your dad is like, yeah, you fuck, like the best, <laughs> like Jim, like she's like, and I, she, yeah. Anyway. Stylistically, you'll see in my early, my Comedy Now special, I won a Gemini Award for it in 2001. And uh, Jim is very much sewn through that. You can very see the physicality of it and um, the, uh, the, the very outroverted thing. Now I'm very kind of clothed in there. <laughs> yeah, um, I saw a review on your Instagram and it made me laugh so hard. They're great. This lady, um, this lady who said, what was it? She said, everything he said was rude not funny at all. And I was just laughing so hard. When you see something like that, what is your reaction to? I screenshot it and repost it. <laughs> I don't tag anybody in it. I'm not interested in creating a, a line between me and them. Mm -hmm. I just like to hold up other people's dirty underwear. Yeah. I'm going to look at these filthy, dirty stains, put them on my clothesline. And oddly enough, women seem to be going I think so. just in the maybe last year or so, I don't know if there's a lot of climate change just in people's dispositions in general, but women have kind of gone in defense on my behalf for the for first time in a long time. I think that some of the female fans have been kind of in the, in the bleachers as I'm like their dirty secret or something like that. It's <laughs> ah, terrible. You know, my friends will judge me, <laughs> you know, well, that's not bad that. then. That's good. Totally. I, I I'm, you know, Mike Wilmont told me many years ago and it, and uh, it was like, you got to make the girls laugh. That's, you know, the guys are easy to make laugh mm -hmm. comparatively. Um, there's a, it's a different animal, you know, and guys are a little, generally comedically a little simpler, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I'd say so. Women traditionally, mothers carrying, you know, babies. Uh, um, they don't want to see anyone get hurt. They don't want to see anybody unhappy. Yeah. Well, boys will torture each other until they commit suicide, and then they'll oh, just just when they're about to put the gun on their chin, they realize this is my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. I saw your movie. I really Thank liked you. it. Thank I you. Really I appreciate it. that. I, I again creatively i think it had it was very well rounded you know there was no real stars in the movie mm -hmm. and everybody played their organ very their instrument very well it was very evenly and i was lucky enough through editing that i wasn't completely cut out of the film cuz um you were in it quite a bit like you were you were, seemed like one of the main characters as even though there wasn't technically a main character like you were one of them really i was definitely favored in the script because the 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 director which was another weird series of co not coincidences but things i just put on people <laughs> um andrew and his girlfriend who eventually married hugh hefner um was a playboy model he would come to my show it was always weirdos too like always these young professionals very well dressed with always a super attractive woman hanging around me occasionally and i'm like either you're a cop yeah or you're a cocaine dealer but your sho shoes look way too nice to be a drug dealer what who are you yeah anyway not andrew but some other folks that turned out to be criminals but anyway um and andrew i sent him an invite we kept in touch i talked he said you know i'm working over at atlantis alliance right now and uh, i just got a job at the woman's network he was producing content for the woman's network years ago and um, so on and so forth. And I, I don't know. I just kind of gelled with the guy. I found that because he kept coming to my shows earlier in my career, he kind of got a, he, he go, I'm going to do something with that. Like he, mm -hmm. I'm going to take a little bit of J Jason's stage and sew some dialogue around it and use it in the film down the road. He, he kind of cast me in his head. We talked about various projects over the course of those 10 years. And, um, after my comedy now, I said, I think we're going to do a horror movie together. I think we're <laughs> going to do a movie. He goes, I hope we do. I go, I think we're going to do it. And we were on set in Barry, or not Barry, um, Sudbury, mm -hmm. in, the, in the thunder shower. And that with all the cars and the girls are out there, like risking their lives. And I'm like, he's like, we're doing this movie. I'm like, this is so crazy. Like, <laughs> you, you put mortgage to your houses and it, like they had a lot of money wrapped up in that. It didn't, it wasn't a cheap film. No, it was well done. That. Yeah, it yeah, was well done. Well. Even, uh, what's his name? Wade McNeil from uh, Alexis on Fire and Black Lungs. He did the music for that too. Yeah, I was stoked yeah. to hear that. And also um, the British actor who played the emperor uh, was in Hardcore Logo. He's a British actor who's been living in Canada, I think probably many years, but great character actor. Mm -hmm. um, and um, yeah, no, they were all, look at, they were all professional actors. I was the only fucking jackass that, you know, I got in trouble for leaving a glass of urine in one of the actresses' rooms. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I'll explain. Why did you do that? <laughs> Not on purpose. I was totally freaked out by this thing. Like it was like being riled up and then put into a cage and then asked to be like another person when the door come out for like every day for a month. It's a weird thing. And it, yeah. And being told to stand there and say things and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. But so the lineup at the restroom at the back of the makeup trailer, and I knew they were going to call me to set and I didn't want to be the last guy 
to the dinner table, right? I made sure that uh, I was, uh, my ears were open when, because I knew there was so many other facets. With comedy, I can, I can show up naked mm-hmm. and not even face the right way. And then as long as they clapped at the end, right. I did my gig. Like there's no, there's no strings on anything. There's, you know, there's written in perform material, but because of the, the live aspect of it, and it's a very different, it was the back end of what I enjoyed to do. It was, then I, I really wanted to be in a situation. I like being uncomfortable. I love being forced <laughs> into situations that were, fuck, you know, being, you know, like being in, I've been to Africa like six times mm-hmm. and done shows that were all black comedy shows. They actually were called blacks only comedy show. Oh, really? And to, to have a standing ovation in a room where you're the visual minority in front of people that you have, you're from Hamilton and now you're in Johannesburg yeah. is like, no one really looks at that as like something to strive for on their career list. Right. Is like, I want to be as more out of my element. The only thing I want in common with the audience is that they understand English. I yeah. really don't understand why you, you know, and again, Russell Peters, in like Russell Jim was like up till a certain point mm-hmm. and then Russell's tour regiment and status was like oh okay you can go and do that too yeah and I have a hit movie or a tv show and be a OG mm. yeah <laughs> totally um I guess like you've had a like pretty long career right it's when over you- now over now yeah it's on uh it's temporarily on hold no 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 i'm having the best year of my of my career probably in the last 10 years yeah yeah i've got uh, these projects on the go and things that are that i've been hammering on that really didn't have any bearing on the stand-up part of it and honestly i've been doing those outdoor shows in toronto Mm -hmm. i was doing more stage time than i had been done in the last five months in LA. Like I've been living in Hollywood for almost 13 years. Okay. And there's only three major clubs there. They're the comedy store. Yeah. First of all, I'm almost crying watching the documentary. Like <laughs> I spent the last decade on that patio. Yeah. And performing there, you know, I'd spend five days a week on the patio in hopes that there would be a cancellation that I could get on a show because I knew that out of a year I was technically going to be booked out of the six months that I was living in the States, I would probably see the comedy store stage probably five times. That's you know crazy. What I mean? Like it's it, the all million. It's me and, and amongst icons and, and you know, people yeah. are huge stars. So anyway, that's so where what I was it like performing there. Awesome. It's, yeah. it's the only reason I live there. I'm moving to Texas, you know, by you? January 1st, I'm moving to Austin. Yeah. Cool. All my shits and storage are going to have some loose ends. And then uh, I'm going to be heading to Austin. And then I leave for Norway and um, Finland in April. Very cool. Very cool. So what does the whole 666 thing mean for you? What does the three sixes mean? Well, that's the thing. For me, I don't think it's a negative thing. It's actually known as like a very spiritual thing and it has like other meanings. It's to be in touch with your spirituality and, and this and that. So I'm, I'm asking you what it means for you. It's very spiritual. It's my driving force. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it's my fuel. It's my fire. Cool. 
Can I tell you, you know, it's funny you, when, so we were supposed to chat the other day and that morning I got my 666th email and I was like, oh, God, you damn. know what <laughs> you're, you're going to find, I'll tell you. And I don't know if I'm leading you here because it's psychologically now you're attuned right. to certain things now because we're discussing it, but you're going to see some things show up probably over the last few months. Not only that, but you'll see them upside down too. For sure. I'm always seeing like synchronicities and numbers. And yeah. Stuff. It's called being yeah. a weirdo. Yeah. All right. And a captain. <laughs> yeah. It's, you it's know. my way of like kind of keeping a little bit of elbow out mm -hmm. at the same time. If people are very flippant with those kind of observations, then mm -hmm. I don't really have any point of discussing anything with them. They've already kind of checked out on stupidity and uh, I don't have any like, like what, are, what are we doing here? <laughs> What are we doing? What do you want to do? We have a little tug of war. I hear you. Do you like Halloween? I am Halloween. <laughs> there you go. I'm like <laughs> one quarter Beetlejuice. <laughs> totally. What do you usually do for Halloween? Like, what's your thing? I scare the shit out of people. Yeah. How? Every day. <laughs> I I do this thing called cat juice, uh -huh. where I wear like a, a hospital gown and Crocs. Mm -hmm. And this white wig and a, a very white mustache, mm -hmm. these wine glasses, and I get a clear plastic bag with a, a dead cat in it, and I squirt the juice at people at on patios and restaurants. Oh my god! Because you can on, on Halloween <laughs> get away with that, right? No, this is tomorrow. Oh, okay, cool. Christmas Day. <laughs> no, I, honestly, uh, I just like the idea of uh, the, the fact that you can dress up and and do candy shit. I think it's fun for kids, you know, to kind of maybe take on some sort of persona that may empower them and then be awarded at the same time. Yeah, I love Halloween. I'm like, it's one of my favorite holidays. I actually like it more than Christmas. Christmas kind of bothers me a little bit, but I love yeah. Halloween because it's just fun. Pagan holidays are fun. <laughs> Everybody gets laid first. Yeah. All right. Everyone gets fucked at a, at a goat party. Oh my God. Oh. I've been to some places. Yeah. I'm staying with a pornographer here in Edmonton. Are you really? Yeah. <laughs> these these uh, fans only PayPal me some butthole money. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, and I unsubscribed from yours today, by the way. I didn't appreciate it. Mine? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I forgot about that. No. Hey, my, I have some friends, very entrepreneurial, young, uh, attractive women mm -hmm. who've done very that if somebody's willing to pay for it okay there's so many weak guys out there though come on you know you beat up boys you've punched a boy yeah i have actually that's true i yeah. have i have yeah. i can okay. see you going it was a long Ooh. time coming it had to be done somebody had to do it so tell me about your podcast i do have a podcast called jason rouse's safe word okay and uh i've going to be launching my patreon account which is uh roused about and it's like just travel vlogs of my uh, life. I started filming when I left LA and probably around March, I started filming stuff and I was gone by May 1st. So I'm going to be start posting these crazy. Nice. All right. Thanks for hanging out. If you want to reach Jason Rouse, he's at Jason Rouse 666 on Instagram or jasonrouse.com. My name is Tessa. Thanks for listening to the Hold the Phone podcast. If you know a comedian that wants to be on the pod, you can hit me up uh, on Instagram at Tessa is Tessa or check out TessaIsTessa.com. Look